Welcome to Maria the Star, a fashion and lifestyle podcast where I give you a glimpse into my life as I grow my passion for fashion. I only know a handful of people who had never wanted to wear a designer logo of some sort. Seriously, young and old, most of us have had an obsession with some sort of designer or designer logo at some point in our lives. The funny thing is, most of us have no appreciation for the designers themselves. All we care about is the logo, so we do anything to get it, even wearing a fake one. So why are we all so obsessed with a logo that costs more than my paycheck? And where are those designer pieces really made? In today's episode, I will be doing a deep dive into the world of the designer logos, starting from the very beginning. Okay, and I'm about to go off script in like the first minute of the episode because something super ironic just happened. I just looked down at my phone and I saw a notification from The Real Real, which if you don't know, is a reselling app for designer brands. And it says, picture your wardrobe. Now picture it with LV, Gucci, and Cartier, and I just thought that was incredibly ironic considering what I'm about to talk about in this episode. (laughs) Logos themselves originate all the way back to ancient civilizations with hieroglyphics and family crests. Needless to say, it's a very, very, very old practice. According to a timeline about luxury fashion, Hermes was one of the first designer companies coming about in 1837, and it was mainly for like horse riding and those kind of accessories. And then after that, other designer stores like Cartier and Tiffany followed. But in 1854, Louis Vuitton started his company making boxes and trunks for wealthy women's travels as a thing that they could carry their dresses in. Because if you've seen the vi- the pictures of people going like on vacation, like someone like in um, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, she obviously had all those bags. Well, that actually originated from the 1800s when women would have to carry their big dresses, very, very wealthy women, um, on their tra- travels. So they would use trunks so the dresses wouldn't get smushed and could keep their shape. And so anyways, the history of how Louis Vuitton's company came about is absolutely fascinating. And if that's something you're interested in, I would suggest the episode Branded, a history on designer logos in the podcast Dressed. It's very, very interesting, but I'm not going to get into Louis Vuitton's specific history. Anyways, Vuitton's company became so popular that counterfeits started emerging, even in the 1800s. And in 1896, four years after Vuitton died, his son George created the famous monogram that we know today as a greater effort to combat those counterfeits. Before that, their signature pattern was the checkerboard that you've seen on a lot of purses. As for other popular designer brands with popular logos, Chanel came about in 1910, Prada in 1913, and Gucci in 1921. So these are some of the most counterfeited brands, but we'll get kind of into that. So if you're interested on the history of designer brands and when they came about, I'll link that below. But anyways, it's safe to say that designer has been 
sought after for over a century, which is really, really crazy. So then why? Why have consumers been craving designer brands since before the invention of sliced bread? Well, many people buy designers because of the quality of the clothes, the craftsmanship, and the ethicality side of things. And that's awesome. Treating your closet like a circular economy where you buy something new and you sell something high-end to buy something new again is a great way to approach the way you shop. And that's how a lot of people who buy designer treat their closet. But the problem is for many others, this isn't the case. Take the example of the coveted Gucci belt, for instance. Many people just want their Gucci logo on their waist, and yet they pair that belt with an outfit from a fast fashion brand that literally costs them less than $10. Or worse, buying a fake belt from God knows where just for that look. And I've fallen under this trap, not necessarily with the Gucci belt, but I didn't care if something was fake because in my mind, no one in suburban Wisconsin would really notice. But then I realized I just wanted to have the logo and I had no appreciation for the brand itself. And frankly, I didn't care what the actual piece looked like. And while I'm not a frequent buyer of designer clothes, I do search for them online to see if there's something a little bit more accessible for me. But I don't look for something like the logo per se, but the craftsmanship and the care and the dedication for the piece and also the overall look of the clothes. It's always going to fit you a lot better because it's made with a lot more care than something from a store at the mall. And I'm not going to name specific names, but we kind of know which ones I'm talking about. But if designer is something that you really truly want, and maybe you do really like the look of the Gucci belt or, um, you know, whatever, that's okay. That is okay. But you really have to think to yourself, why do you want it? Do you just want it because it's going to make you look cooler? Or do you genuinely appreciate the look and the craftsmanship and the design of something? So transitioning away from why we love designers, it's important to address the dangers of counterfeits that most people don't realize. The mindset around buying counterfeit, I think for a lot of people, is why does it matter? These designer companies have a lot of money, and it doesn't matter if this is fake. It really hurts no one. And I saw TikTok the other day that literally got me so livid about a girl, and she was unboxing a fake Gucci bag she found on, like, a Chinese wholesaler website. And she was unboxing the order to see the bag. It didn't just come, like, in a paper or a like a cardboard box, it came in a counterfeit Gucci box, that white and black box, even with a Gucci dust bag. And the bag cost $89. And personally, I say that's pretty pricey considering it's fake, but whatever. It. What made me really, really mad was the comments under the videos. There was a lot of people coming at the girl from coming from a from buying from a place that has children making this bag in a sweatshop. And that's obvious. We know that these places that can sell these bags for cheap, they're making it with cheap labor. Their, their workers are 
in danger every day they come to work. If you've watched the documentary True Cost, it's available on Netflix. I actually started watching it, but I didn't finish it. It's really hard to watch. It's really hard to watch because these workers are putting their lives in danger every day, literally every day. They don't know when literally the building could collapse because it happened like one day a building a factory where these workers were already in poor conditions literally collapse and they were getting paid like nothing um it's really frustrating i even just like literally lost my train of thought <laughs> but um anyways so the people were getting mad at her from buying from a place that was making their things in sweatshops they were also getting mad at people for telling her not to buy that from there because they're all those people that are getting mad at her also buy from fast fashion brands, which is don't get me wrong is still an issue. It's a really, really big issue that we're dealing with right now, but it's completely unrelated to what the video talk about. But and people were also telling those people to chill because Gucci also produced their things at, in set shops and that point i just felt so so angry i wanted to reply to every comment but i was like no get off it's literally tiktok people like they don't know anything not that they don't know anything but a lot of those people like don't know anything about gucci don't know anything about designer don't know anything about fashion so i was like no why don't i sit down and just do some research figure out the truth behind where these gucci bags are made and really all designers that are popular for that matter and it right really well with the episode I was planning because I was going to talk about the obsession with designer. It's not really well. So anyways, that was like, I got into a really angry rant, but it's definitely something to think about. People get mad at people for buying counterfeits, which don't buy counterfeits, but then other people get mad at people who are telling not others not to buy counterfeits because they support fast fashion brands. It's a literal hole. Just it feels like you'll never win. So I was like, okay, let's at least figure out one thing. And that is where is a real Gucci bag made? So according to the World Trade Market Review, the most counterfeited luxury labels are Chanel, Louis Vuitton, Prada, Fendi, Gucci, and Dior. Just saying those names, just you guys hearing me say those names, I am sure that most of you thought of at least two of the logos. They are incredibly recognizable. So anyways, where are some of these made? Chanel, which was founded in 1910, as I said, has its headquarters in Paris. And according to the eye of the jeweler, Chanel purses are made in Italy, France, and sometimes even Spain. The article states, these shops have their artisans using fine machines to thread and quilt through the letter, leather, yet they are hand-cutting and molding the pieces to fit perfection. They use both handmade aspects combined with precision of machines that are carefully watched in order to create the perfect purse that Coco would be proud of. Louis Vuitton, founded in 1954, has headquarters in Paris as well, but according to Luxo, bags are made in Italy, Spain, Germany, and even having some factories in the U.S., which I'm sure if you guys have heard of uh, Donald Trump at one of the Louis Vuitton, as he says it, factory openings, you know that there are a couple in the U.S., 
Anyways, Prada, founded in 1913, has headquarters in Milan, and according to WSJ, about 20% of their collections are made in China and other cheaper countries. And that's as far as I got when I decided to do a 360. Instead of searching up where they're made, I decided to ask myself, by whom? Are there these skilled craftsmen that the articles are mentioning? Are they real? So I found a website called guide.ethical.org.australia, which it is Australian, but it's still pretty um, pretty relevant. So it rated 37 designer labels on an 8F scale. It was no surprise to me that the only designer that earned an A on ethicality was Stella McCartney. She has always been against using fur, leather, has always been ethical. And in 1997, she was like fresh from uh, St. Martin's, which was is a fashion school. She uh, was named creative director of Chloe. And she made an announcement that she would not be using any fur or leather, which was quite a shock to the fashion industry as that's something that's used a lot. So as for the workers um, of Stella McCartney, it's a partner of the Ethical Fashion Initiative, which is a United Nation initiative, which connects the fashion business with artisans in Africa and Haiti. And it provides works for marginalized women who have a strong desire to change their lives. The project provides employment, fair wages, and training. So no company on that list had a B rating and six had a C rating, one being Gucci. Their biggest issue on that scale was the use of fur, which isn't surprising that this was a red flag, considering it is a website that focuses on ethicality. Um, As for their workers, they say they make the effort to pay a living wage. They like signed a thing saying they make the effort to pay a living wage for workers in Italy, as well as um, in California, there's a Transparency Act where companies in California are required to show efforts in eradicating slavery and human trafficking. As for Prada, Chanel, and Louis Vuitton, all of them have an F rating. While Prada has made a statement regarding modern slavery, they have failed to take responsibility for their workers in Turkey, which are working in poor condition. Chanel's biggest issue was the workers in China um, with their factories, which produced the cosmetic brushes for beauty companies. So it's not necessarily a Chanel factory, but it's a factory that produces produces brushes for beauty companies. And um, as for Louis Vuitton, they received an awful rating from something called Know the Chain in terms of human rights. Specifically, they earned a 14 out of 100. So the biggest issue that these companies are facing in terms of human rights and who are making their things is the supply chain. Um, Because it was actually really, really hard to find something that said where these you know, specifically purses are made. Obviously, these fashion houses, when they make haute couture, they're very transparent. There are these amazing people who sew, like pretty much hand sew the collections that we see on the runway. But as for things that 
that we buy that normal people buy it's it's a supply chain issue if that if that if you're following what i'm saying it's the com- it's the factories that are not directly related with the brand but that the brand uses so then i'm left wondering what about the so-called craftsmen that um, make the purses Um, As I said, it feels like it's literally impossible to find out how a bag was made and the companies keep it pretty hush-hush. Gucci bags say that they're made in Italy. It says on the bag and Louis Vuitton say France or US or Spain or Italy, like it'll be branded on the bag. I did find a video that uh, showed the making of a Gucci bag and it shows one man cutting the patterns, painting, whatever. Judging by... um, the factory, the Louis Vuitton factories in the U.S., there are most likely no craftsmen, but I'm also not 100%. As for Chanel, I did find an article that it was um, how a Chanel bag is made, and it looks like it's pretty much individually. They're like hand sewing everything, but again, it's super secretive. I literally can't find anything. So before I wrap up this episode, I have to talk about what I'm wearing to dress for success today. As for designer, the only designer thing I wore were my Giorgio Armani square sunglasses. I've worn them a lot on my Instagram photo. They were my mom's in like the late 90s, early 2000s. So they're vintage and also square sunglasses are super trendy. So it's like a huge flex that I have vintage Armani ones, (laughs) but I'm just wearing like a black turtleneck. My, um, they're like kind of like high-waisted green mid-calf pants. Um, I wore my black boots. Today was like a crazy day because I had to go to Madison and move all my stuff out of my old dorm room. So it was definitely busy. And oh, as for like earrings, I'm wearing like pearl hoops that I found. I thought they were so cute. And I wore a little neck scarf on my head. The picture, the little selfies on my Instagram page. So there is so much more that I can talk about for each designer brand specifically. But if I did, this episode would be hours and hours long. Summing it all up, two things I learned from researching is Only buy something designer if you know it's what you truly want. Don't buy it just for the logo. And please don't buy counterfeits. Don't buy them. It's really, it's not worth it. It feels a little bit, not embarrassing, but like knowing you're going out with something fake. Also, when you can, shop vintage or use designer items. You can resell it. There is a market for it. It's a lot better for the environment. You're supporting someone else's endeavors as well um, because someone is selling their thing. And it's a lot more likely that the designer piece will be unique to you since it is vintage and it's really hard to find others. That's all I have for this episode. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you changed the way you think about um buying designer and designer logos. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for supporting my other episodes. I'm super, super grateful. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Maria the Star. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Maria E.B. Brunetta. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or critiques, feel free to send me a DM. Remember, I post episodes every week. So until next time, ciao.